Discussing documentaries with me, Matt Wills, and Rick Wharton. Today's documentary is Fire. It's also known as Fire, the greatest party that never happened. It's from the year 2019 and it's provided by Netflix. The director was Chris Smith. Now, because it's a Netflix documentary, there's no money listed on this thing. But I found a little thing on the internet. Because we haven't got money, but we have got numbers. So listen to this, Rick. Within its first month of release, Netflix reported that it was watched by 20 million households. Wow. You say wow, and that's exactly what I said. But then I thought, hang on a second. Only Netflix has that data. Only Netflix released the data. (laughs) I suppose after watching this documentary, you've got to be careful what you're being told with facts and figures. Exactly. Yeah. This this documentary makes you cynical about everything on social media. And I was reasonably cynical anyway. As well you need to be. Let's be honest. God, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, we're so the accolades. Our own problems. We're doing yeah. our own problems. Like, we, we've, we've, had got... a, we've had an episode disappear and no one knows what's happened to it. And I'm a fuck yeah, talking about abducted in plain sight again without a paycheck. Like, that's not happening. <laughs> I am not sitting through that documentary again. So Now, there's no accolades for this documentary as of yet. Um, but, and I'll give you the blurb. The Fire Festival was billed as a luxury musical experience on a posh private island. Did I say musical experience? It's not, because if it was, I would have gone. I love a musical. Let me say that again. The Fire Festival was billed as a luxury music experience on a posh private island, but it failed spectacularly in the hands of a cocky entrepreneur. Now, this documentary was picked by me, but it was also recommended by a friend of the show, Elaine, as well as did you shout this one up as well, Rick? Was it was I... a one. It was a one to check out, but that's more of a worry for what we're doing in the comedy world, not for right. discussing documentaries. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Rick, why don't you, as always, lead us in, baby? What did you reckon? Uh, yeah, give, I, give I, us the synopsis of what you thought of it. So th- this is a fun documentary because you get to see people being dicks in the worst of humanity, basically stringing people along. And also, yeah. the victims to that are also dicks. So there's no real <laughs> problem. Do you know what I mean? It's it's hard not to paraphrase <laughs> the documentary because there's someone on Conan laughing about it. You can't disagree with him when he says, if you've got 18 yeah. grand and you spend it on going to watch Blink-182, it's your own fault, isn't it? Like, I did. So you're saying it was a documentary and everyone was the villain? Well, no, the people weren't, but it's it's also, I detest social media influencers as a concept. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. Now, don't get me wrong. It's easy to be against it when you look like me. <laughs> yeah, you know ditto. I mean? Did you notice but, there was no one in this documentary who looked like me or you? Yeah. Everybody was good looking. And I mean, everybody. Yeah. It's, it's all, all, all of the mo- software developers. And I've worked in IT for a long time. IT people ain't that good looking. Obviously, is, I'm stereotyping. You get the odd, you get the odd curveball where you get like a good looking guy or a good looking girl. But on the whole, we're all weirdo looking like me. 
not for these people, even their software developers. You were like, yeah, man, they're like a they're like a seven to an eight out of ten. But I I even hate marketing. Like I detest market. Like uh, look at our th- th- this this thing that we do. It, it's what you try and gouge anything out that I'm willing to advertise <laughs> on a daily basis. No. What's it called? It's called discussing documentaries. Why? Because that's what we do. That is the advertising <laughs> right there. That is all it fucking is. I wanted to call it like Jaffa because I think fruit, if you name something fruit, people are like, oh, what's oh, that all about? Yeah, Let's get you, into that. But modern day, you'd have to put a Jaffa with like a silent P because it's already been trademarked. <laughs> this is why Fire Festival is spelt wrong. It's got, like It's just... In the weeks leading up to this, we would have multiple uh, conversations about it. Are we saying this right? Is it fur? F Y R R E. Are we saying this? Is it correct? Are we dis- are we pronouncing it right? Oh, fire first. No. Oh, right. So yeah, it yeah. turns out it was fire all along. Yeah, they just spelt it wrong. Well, I, I well, watched this the day it came out, if I'm not mistaken, because I was going for a documentary binge, and I so, so from that I knew it was called fire. Oh, uh, right. I, I didn't have a clue. Um, Going with the stupid names, there's one guy in it. Uh, he was the fire creative director, and his name is mm, David Lowe. He's got an M in front of the name David. <laughs> How did that happen? What? What they went to name him, and they went, "What do you name this child?" And his dad went, mm, "David." I've got to take your first answer. Thank you, sir. It's mm, David. It is. Did what I, a stupid name. Have I ever told you how I was named? No. Uh, I love info like this. All right. So I want this to be a reoccurring thing within the family. I want this to be passed on if I have a second born. My girlfriend, 100% against it. Right. (laughs) So they had me brother. I think he was named... I like the fact that you've gone straight for the second born. You're like... Well, because I'm the second born. This didn't happen with with our dad. And twins run the family, and I know my fucking look. Um, (laughs) So... (laughs) You hear a retail job calling. Hey, no, no, look, look. There's going to be one beautiful grafter and one hairy slacker, all right? And we're going to have to love them both equally. (laughs) (laughs) So basically, um, my brother got named after my granddad. My mom, I think for me, as I'm told, and my best mate's called Ollie, so I enjoy telling him this. Uh, My mom wanted me to be called Oliver. And then my grandma got on my dad's ear and said it's not a very masculine name, insinuating it sounded gay. Um, okay. And then... Oliver. And I think my dad was more worried that I'd always be asking for more. So <laughs> <laughs> so what they do is my mum's all doped and up. He'd, tr- he'd track you down after he gave you away for adoption. Yeah. While so, singing a ditty tune. <laughs> yeah, I might have been more in tune to musicals if I was called Oliver. Fuck them, I don't like them. <laughs> So, we might as well doped up on all the painkillers now after having a C-section. And my dad literally just turns to the nurse in the room and says, what's your son called again? So, guys, Richard. Richard, aye, that'll do. <laughs> and I think, what, what an amazing spin of the wheel that is. What, what I love, the more I hear about your dad, the more I'm like, he's, 
he's going to fit right in if you ever if you ever leave this mortal coil i've i've got my replacement all lined up it's mr wharton senior you have no idea how difficult that man is like <laughs> like like this i've got me, an idea rick i work me, with his boy so uh... <laughs> the, the, the amount of work i put in and enthusiasm and positivity is me rebelling <laughs> <laughs> I just imagine your dad there with a stick and it's got bits of paper on it, which says like, back away from the Depp conversation. Don't oh. mention this celebrity. Oh, listen, if, you, if you've if you been through our record, I think we've said this before, but it, I think, what, would it be soaked in bleach with the recordings? I think, it was I, think I brought it up yeah, as a yeah. reference. So my dad, it's like episode two or three, and my dad listened to it. And I did this, uh, I, I talked about how Johnny Depp recorded his wife uh, and I've had four phone calls saying Johnny Depp's going to sue us from me dad. <laughs> like, it, it with no, I thought he was joking at first, but he's he's very much not. He also thinks what? Tim. He also thinks Timothy Treadwell's still alive. Um, Could be. I'm coming around. No, to your he's dad's not. Theory. He is not coming around to your dad's. There that, is no proof, Rick. That, there is no the oh, proof. apart from the watch. Listen, Hannibal Lecter. He gave up his arm. <laughs> like that never existed all right <laughs> timothy treadwell from everything we've seen of him if you don't think that wouldn't be on twitter yeah he probably would yeah, actually that yeah. attention-seeking uh... nightmare we would know if he was yeah, still alive yeah fair point so the so, documentary starts out yeah and it starts out it's the promo video for the festival they're putting on and they've hired the 10 biggest models in the world yeah. and they're all going to um Put up hang an on, orange hang tile. On one, hang, hang on one second. Well, they've hired the best female models in the world because there wasn't a single male model in sight. I've since YouTubed that the uh, the trailer for their their promo thing. There's not a single male model in there, so I don't. They're not working on an equality basis for the promo shoot. It's just ten very pretty women. If you like that sort yeah. of thing, and it's an interesting. Did you? I know we're going to be jumping around on this because the story itself is pretty easy to... to but the, Yeah. So did you ever hear about Corny 2012? No. So Corny 2012 was massive, obviously, 2012, but it's one of the most fascinating marketing things I've ever heard. Right. So this guy, a bit like Timothy Treadwell, who goes around the schools, had this cause of uh, a dictator in Africa called Corny that was killing a bunch of people and mistreating all the people in the, in, in the local areas and things. He was right. like... But he wasn't. I've got a bell ringing in my head. Yep. So what this guy goes around the school and does, and he literally has it on a board. You had to buy a video for 19.99, and it had all the info about how you would help. And he went around the schools, and the idea of how you would help is you had to constantly tweet these 15 top followed people on Twitter to make Corny famous. So right. So they're like Obama, Lady Gaga, Justin Bieber. And then eventually they retweeted. That goes out to everyone. Everyone's like, who's this corny? Everyone buys this video. And the guy made like 300 million overnight, at least. Like some insane amount of money because everyone had to buy this promotional video, which had a music video in there and all sorts about who corny was. And he went so nuts. Within three days, he was caught in San Diego, naked jacket off in public. That's how mental of a binge he went on when the cash came through. And it was also things like, since it was out of date, the guy had actually been replaced or something like that as the dictator. But <laughs> he'd already made the video, so it made no difference as far as far as I know. But that whole tweeting the most influential, I could understand that as a marketing principle. 
yeah. Oh, me too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, which was, and, that, I thought it was pretty well done, that one. So, yeah, so to go back, so they create a promotional video with the 10 prettiest women on the planet. And then you kind of get a, a director's cut of how that video was made. And, mm-hmm. and the rumblings are already started. So what they've done is they've created an app so basically, the, the the main villain is called Billy McFarland, and he w- goes to book Jar Rule, who I do found you know, out is a... Do you, do you know what Billy looks like to me? Is, do you ever see when, like, in a sitcom? Because he's, he's, he's quite pudding-faced, but yeah. his clothes are, like, 20 years younger than him. So you ever seen someone, like, going, getting back in the dating game so they're trying to dress young and they yes. buy, like... An eight hundred pound cap. <laughs> this is what Billy McFarlane reminds me of. He's that guy, and he's always smiling, right? He's really charming. He's good. He's good looking, right? You cannot yeah. knock that he's good looking. And as an English person, you kind of look on in envy at how good everybody's teeth are, because everyone's got great teeth in this Jesus, in yeah. this documentary. Yeah. So Billy McFarlane wants to book Jar Rule for an event he's organising. He gets bounced around. Eventually, he gets hold of Jar Rule and he says, I've got an idea for an app. Why don't we create the Uber of booking talent? This cracked me up. Can you imagine if someone got your phone and just instead of calling Uber, the book Adele to come to your house in 15 minutes? (laughs) (laughs) And you've got so much money, you get her to go get you a pizza. Now, I don't want you to sing, love. Go (laughs) Go get me in the wife of Chinese, would you? You think you've ordered a McDonald's and Snoop Dogg's at the door, already singing for £150,000 whipped out your account. (laughs) Is your nan pressing the wrong buttons? Did I do it right, boy? Basically, they set up this app, and it's called Fire. And it's basically, if you want to hire a celeb, because don't forget, right, celebs, you know what business they're in, didn't you, Rick? They're in the bums on seats business. Right, so they need money the same as everyone else, especially the American celebs, right? Because as you've pointed out previously, American healthcare really expensive, so they're going to need a lot of money. These celebs, so effectively, they well, become it's, it's crash, it's cashing in on the whole sweet sixteen boom. So in America, you have like the rich kids; they will see what kind of celeb they can get to their kids' parties yeah. and just overblown shit like that, and they can name and. And the whole idea was it's so difficult to get past the middlemen. How do we become that platform? And that is an idea yeah. that that is a great business idea. It's just what it's a they, great business idea. To launch it, they decide to put on the greatest festival of all time. Now the festival yeah. is the, the content of the documentary. Yeah. Um so like as you said, they hire these models out in the Bahamas. They tell people they that they put down down payments on Pablo Escobar's island, which is Norman's care. Which that yeah. is you ever seen the movie Blow? No. Johnny Depp, George Young. Oh, Johnny Depp. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, that's yeah. that's the one the guy buys and fucks him out the deal. Norman's kid. Ah. That's that island. So I was getting. Um, yeah. Oh, so, good. Nice memory there. Well done. I don't know my own phone number, but I can tell you that was <laughs> Norman's kid island. <laughs> He can't, he can't even remember a pin number, this guy. But yeah, he can do that. <laughs> do you know what? That's so sad, but I can't. I've just been that long since lockdown. <laughs> I've made a purchase over £20. I've got no fucking clue what my pin number is. Oh, what is it? One, one, all the ones. If um, it's not contactless, it's not happening. <laughs> now, I've lived on a party island, right? There's a party island in Thailand called Koh Phangan. Yang. Uh, they have New Year's Eve parties there. They have full moon parties there, if you've heard of any of that. I lived on that island for about four months. And I parted, I would say, reasonably hard. 
Now, I don't know if the drugs I was having was was a bit shit because I, I took drugs from time to time and a lot of beer. It doesn't matter how good looking the people are at a party. If you're taking the right drugs, you'll be fine. And everyone was having a great time. Uh, not what there was wasn't one point where I went, oh, there's not enough good looking people at this party. But that was 20 years ago. We're now in a more. Oh, what, what am I going to say? Uh, socially aware world where you need to be good looking and everyone only wants to be around good looking people even though most of us who are not that great looking know that good looking people are reasonably dull because they haven't worked on their personality like me and you have rick that's how great looking me and you are not we've got really good personalities okay in in the next weeks i'm gonna have to show you a documentary about incels and make sure you watch how you talk about shit in future okay what's an incel in, in, oh, incels is the beautiful, they're the victim of the next 20 years of stand-up. So incels are groups of men who refer to themselves as involuntary celibates because it's unfair that less attractive women get laid, but less attractive men don't. And they're the kind of, there's been a bunch of like massacre shootings in the name of being an incel and things like that. Really? But yeah, the whole idea that, I mean, I, I got to be honest, when you meet a good looking person, they, they tend to have charisma. I've been around probably about two dull, good looking people. I'm just very annoyed <laughs> I'm not one of them. I can judge them from a distance and go, oh yeah, he's there, look at that swooping fucking hair. <laughs> but just, I I got to hold you up a sec because you you Hang drop on. a bit of- What about incels? No, no, not more about incels, but does you drop- start of a story or something all the time and I'll do a seven minute story in a minute about fucking flight Microsoft Flight Simulator. You better had. I do feel like there's money left on the table of your story. So you're you're on this party island where? Is this when like because we've oh, in- we've discussed your life in order to go through for Edinburgh shows and material like, oh yeah, I lived as the fucking party <laughs> island. Have I never um, told you this? I, I knew you did like drugs traveling a lot. I didn't think you were on some like weird Norman's K-esque island partying yeah. every day with a grass tutu on you. Like <laughs> that's exactly what he was. Yeah, I lived in a hut, but on the sea, um, well, but by the sea with me and a few people I met. Uh, one of them, uh, he became just for that period of time. We were really good mates. His name was Timmy Rizzler. I couldn't tell you what his real name is. He was Timmy Rizzler because he had all the Rizzler. It was simple as that, right? But yeah, I lived there for about three or four months. Do you know what? And yeah, I partied really hard. And every every full moon, there'd be a full moon party where about 30,000 people would come to this island. Every half moon, you'd have a smaller party. So it'd be about 10,000 people. And on the night of the millennium, I think it was it was reported anywhere between... 30 to 50,000 people parted on on the beach there. It was awesome, man. It was awesome. That sounds class. That does sound amazing. Here's how much much I was partying. I was asked by uh, one of the DJs if I would be one of his dancers. I can barely walk, Rick, because my legs are so bad, right? But this guy loved how I moved. Yep. That's how high I was, Rick. That's, yeah. Wow! Oh man, I had a great time. I tell you, you ever, like there's a phrase which doesn't apply. Uh, you ever heard of like someone being uh, referred to as from the island of misfit toys? No. You ever heard that one? It's it's like say if you got a football team with a bunch of people that didn't work out with another team, they all end up on this to the island of misfit toys. Battered bastards of baseball could be battered bastards of baseball. Yeah, yeah. I, I consider where you are the the island of middle class <laughs> breakdowns. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> it, there was there was a lot of that going on. Uh, Timmy Rizzler was about my age, uh, <laughs> and Timmy, if you're listening, get in touch, man. I I loved talking to you. So anyway, they're going to have basically a full moon party. They've created the promo video. Jar Rule is promoting the hell out of it. The models are influencers, so they're promoting the hell out of it. The media get a hold of it, and the thing explodes to the point that they they sell out the event. 95% of tickets. doesn't exist yet within the first, was it the first week they sold the first 95%? 48 hours, they sold 98 48 hours. And that's up to like 250k like villa boarding and yeah. and yachts and meet and greets mm. and like so big big money to go out there this isn't Huge just a money. regular festival but and- i love jar rule in this i think jar rule is what the when jar rules telling people what to do when he's got a bottle of whiskey in his hand and they've got because when they're shooting this advert they're like okay um, we need to shoot it on this beach at this time. And Jarrell's like, nah, man, we're paying a lot of motherfucking money for this. If I want to see the pigs, we're going to the fucking pigs. And, and the like, director's like, yeah, we don't need to see the pigs. I want to see the fucking pigs. Okay, Jarrell. Jack, he's, he's, he's just charismatic. I like and it. to be fair, the shot of the pig swimming in the sea, because you see it from the sort of the ocean floor upwards, that's a pretty cool shot. Yeah, so Jar Rule was right, and you got Billy passing out in the sand because he's just drinking with models all day long. Like, yeah. And the thing is, then it cuts to while they're doing this, it cuts to the kind of end of the documentary at the beginning of the documentary, and it basically you see the the aftermath of the party that's gone wrong. So it's some great foreshadowing. Yeah, keeps you right up. Yeah, and then you hear one of the news announcements saying that. The party spiralled into disaster and the organiser is facing up to 20 years in prison. Up to 20 years for screwing up a party. Hey, to be fair, I think it's deserved for this bracket. This guy, like, to be fair. <laughs> I, don't, I, I had a party when I was a kid, right? And I don't know why, I started crying and it was fancy dress. I was about 10 and a girl called Tracy came covered in Kleenex tissues. So we all ripped tissues off because I cried and we were 10. So we all started crying. I didn't know I could get 20 years for ruining a party. <laughs> you, I wouldn't have cried so much if okay, I knew that well. was the thing. Growing up in the East End of the 70s just sounds bleak. I had a party, <laughs> we just sat there and cried. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was tough. I, I didn't know who Jar Rule was. I'd never heard of Jar Rule. I, I just know he's a famous rapper. Oh, I didn't. Um, here's the interesting fact about Jar Rule. He's only had, well, he's only 11 years old. Do you know why that is? Oh, leap year birthday. He was a leap year birthday. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and he's a rapper called Jeffrey Bruce Atkins. Yeah, there you go. That's it. There's a great Jack D line I love where he talks about, God, people are born on February 29th. They're fucking annoying, aren't they? Ask me how old I am. I'm eight years old. <laughs> <laughs> I was quite amazed that you never meet anyone who was born on that actual day, though. Um, so Billy has this app idea. Jar Rule runs with it. They create this party idea, and off they run with it. Basically, they create the they they create an advert. It sells out for the party, and then the reality kicks in. They have to organise a party. Now, anyone who's ever organised a party knows this is not an easy thing to do. You know what they should have done? 
We have a friend of the show, Kate. She's a party organizer. She would have got that done. Not in 45 days. She would have. That's this is the problem because they they set this time scale and they had this. This is the first word of it, but the guy who's the pilot <laughs> comes in. What was his name? I made a note of his name because he was hilarious. He was great. He was great. Keith, you, you don't you don't learn his surname. Keith taught himself how to fly using Microsoft Simulator. <laughs> now, I have had. But it's the way he says it. He went, "Yeah, I taught myself to fly." You only need Microsoft Simulator. No, surely. An inordinate amount of experience with Microsoft Simulator. My dad is the only thing you'll play on the computer. Flight Sim 95 is how far this goes back. He loves it. Absolutely loves it. And then when he discovered that the the terrorists for 9-11 use Flight Sim to learn how to fly, he then started doing the new the, the New York trying to get into the towers to see if it could be done. I remember him doing that back in the day. Are you uh, serious? I'm not kidding. And then for Christmas, my girlfriend found it on Woucher. So I got him this thing where it was a, um, where it was a learn how to fly experience and it was all simulated. Right. So we're in Leeds. We'll pick him up in Leeds and we're taking him out to go to Doncaster. And it, oh, man, me and my brother, I don't think we've laughed so much. <laughs> So we're looking forward to it. We're going to have a laugh at it. My dad's going to enjoy the thing. And basically, this guy's done out his garage as a cockpit. And the screens of the cockpit is Flight Simulator. But he comes out of the um, of the house, because we're looking for this place. It's just a house in an estate. So he comes out, and he's got, like, the um, the pilot uniform on with the hat. <laughs> what, like, Catch Me If You Can, the yeah. Leonardo DiCaprio film? Oh, yeah, brilliant. Yeah. He, he's all dressed up like that, maybe, brother, and fucking hysterics at it. So we go in, we're in this little back room, and it's literally just flight, flight simulator, but the controls... <laughs> on a big are, telly. <laughs> wait, it's a big telly, but it's a cockpit, and you're looking through the windows at the TV. Do you know what I mean? And was your laugh? She must have been proper embarrassed. Oh no, no, she, we knew it would be a laugh because there's one thing we dad wants is a funny story. That's 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 oh, that's okay. betting Go currency on. for him. He'll, he will tell you yeah, these yep. stories. So so we went and we were just creasing up, and then like he went out, so I went into the cockpit area, and I was fucking around with the buttons, and then he's looking for, at the window at us as close as what you're looking at me on the screen. <laughs> like, ah, ah. <laughs> but yeah, just seeing him and his tassels and his hat and. I think he makes narrate about oh, because they say they send pilots to them, which is fucking terrifying to actually learn. But yeah, my dad had two hours in the flight sim with him while we're checking Sky Sports on the phone. Did he enjoy it? Oh, yeah, he loved that. That's that's as much up Raimondo Street as it gets, to be fair. Right. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Well, Keith, the pilot in this, isn't the pilot for long because he says, I just flew, flew Billy McFarland out here for a party. Suddenly, Keith, the pilot, He's in charge of logistics for the party. Yep. It's a, that's how you got promoted in Billy's organisation. Just be standing there. That's effectively like me getting off the train in Waverley in Edinburgh, getting a cab to my flat and saying to the bloke, all right, you're running my show, Mr. Cab Driver. <laughs> Come on, be here at half two in the afternoon, I like, son. Let's I like get the it cut done. of your jib. You know the people around here. <laughs> you know the people. But... And and the Keith gets axed the minute he talks about how many toilets you need to buy. Yes, he says you don't have enough toilets. The the space on the island, so they just get rid of him. He's gone. Just instantly, they get a new guy. He's gone. Any negativity, and you see, yeah, it's you, starting you to cannot fall. point out problems. 
Which is insane. Yeah. We we see it starting to fall apart bit by bit, all right? And the first ones is the social media team, and they're hilarious because you've got this great, well-paid job for sending out fucking tweets anyway, all right? Don't, don't, there's not an alchemic formula to it. You just... You take a yeah. picture of Jar Rule for Christ's sake, and you share it, and they're going off it that the models aren't tagging them in the photographs. Yeah, yeah. And then they're saying, "Oh, you catch Billy saying," and this is again what paints Billy as a bit of the villain, not just like mistaken. He turns around and says, "We're selling the pipe dream to your average loser," is how he describes it. Yes. So it's yeah, these yeah. ten models, you get to go and party like that for this amount of money. Boom, and it's off. His other company was called Magnesia, and it was steel credit cards, which got you reservations until you made the reservations uh, in the exclusive place, and they'd be cancelled last minute. Yeah. So, again, it's all kind of smoke mirrors. You'll be part of this elite club that other people can't do. That's right. You'll have a great life because of what you do and who you hang around with. Not about how much effort you put in. It's how great your Instagram life is. Because that's they, what it's all about. Yeah, they paid K- Kendall Jenner 250k via wire transfer to make one post. One post. Mm. And on, on launch day, they had all the supermodels just put up a picture of an orange square, which was kind of the Fire Festival's logo. And that's it. And that's, yeah, it, it blew up, basically. It, it it went absolutely bananas. People just couldn't get enough of it. And sadly, it didn't really, it, it didn't exist yet because they were sacking all of the people who went, okay, logistically, we need to do this, 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 and oh, this. Oh, shit. You're fired. I've just seen the note of why the pilot got fired because they were talking about the tents they were going to use. So him and his wife stayed on the island in the tent. And he went, it's impossible. There's no, yeah. there's no coverings. The wind is just insane. You can't do that here. Yeah. And then they get kicked off of Norman's Cair Island dealing with Pablo because <laughs> they're dealing with Pablo Escobar's uh, family or descendants. And, Which is one of the families you don't want to fuck with. Yeah, I wouldn't want to fuck with them. And the first thing no, is, absolutely. Do, not, do not mention this is Pablo Escobar's island. You're not allowed. Yeah. And in the first tweet that went off, so they sacked them off. Then they have to go around the Bahamas pretending to find their own island. Yeah. And they find an island that doesn't belong to just them, which is handy because it's, what what was it called? New? Exuma. Exuma, yes. Exuma Island. And that has a population on it, which means it has sewage, which the other island didn't have. It means they can get rid of human waste, which is, there's 10,000 people they're selling tickets to, right? So there's going to be a lot of people coming. So there's restaurants, there's houses, there's everything. But it's not Pablo Escobar's island. But that's that's cool. They can get past that. That's just a small, small hiccup. And then I'll tell you what I noticed at this point in the documentary. I went, well, there's no interviews from Ja Rule yet, is there? <laughs> he's he's no. keeping a distance from this camera. So something's going to happen there. I started to like, piece that together. But who we do meet is a guy called Andy King, and I fucking love Andy King. He's like the adult within this book. He is, yeah, he is the adult. Now, he's worked with Billy McFarland for years, and he thinks Billy is the yeah. second coming for entrepreneurs. Yeah. He is the Jesus of of entrepreneurs. He is the Michael Jordan of entrepreneurs in Andy's eyes. That's what Billy mm-hmm. McFarland is. And Billy a- McFarland, well, he's a salesman, right? Yeah. Yeah, and he's got he, he can just conjure investors out of nowhere. 
Yeah. In all sorts. But Andy King says, um, this kind of deal would take 12 months. We had six to eight weeks to, to, to sort this out. <laughs> and he's just so calm in the way he spoke and given what he's talking about at yeah. times. He's brrilliant, Andy King. I, I love him. He says, so that's six to eight weeks as opposed to 12 months to sort all this out. And it just it cannot be done, right? Because basically every time someone on the documentary gets introduced, it then cuts to someone slagging them off. Right? It's just, it's just, every, everybody gets a slagging off in this directory, uh, in this documentary, sorry. Um, th- so there's a great one, bit where, where they have a toast, where they're having the party afterwards. Oh, yeah, that made you sick, didn't it? Like, and there's, so there's Jar Rule when he goes, hey, me and, me and Billy have our own toast. Here's to living like film stars, partying like rock stars, and fucking like porn stars. What what would ours be, Rick? The closest I could get to. Here's to living on Mars bars. That was a be. Should we just record tomorrow? Yeah. <laughs> I had a week. I didn't watch it. Um... I stayed up watching a completely different documentary. Rick, can we postpone? I've been editing the documentary that I edited three weeks ago. <laughs> They've got released because I'm an idiot. And then, so they talk about the financial boost to the island, which would obviously be huge. Yeah. Um, yeah. They talk about the site, the tents. And the, so the idea of uh, in theory, works. They just didn't give themselves enough time to do it because yeah. Billy's a mad gambler. That's yes. all. He, he's a mad gambler, and it's like it'll be done. Don't worry, I'll do this. Bam, 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 bam. And the the idea of all influencers that are going are told they will get a free villa on the beach, which again you can't pay for. I mean, it's two hundred fifty k for Kendall Jenner to send a tweet, so we will get those people out there. It'll be huge for it. Mm. It'll be absolutely massive. But they don't have room. There's only six villas, <laughs> and also it's the, the island that they find, Exuma. It's that island's busiest weekend of the year because they have the Exuma uh, event. It's a sailing event on that that weekend. Oh, I, I wasn't aware of that. Yeah, so all of the all of the accommodation is gone. There is no Airbnbs left. There's no hotel space left. There's no rental cars left. There's nothing because that island gears up for one weekend a year already, and that was the weekend. They could have just moved it by a week, and they probably would have got away with it. And there was Mark Weinstein who's telling them, look, you've promised 250 influencers this. They don't exist. And they just sent back, we are a solutions-based company, not a problems-based company. Yeah, and Mark is a music festival consultant. And he says, whenever you put on a music festival, you always believe it can't be done. There's always, there's always a belief that it's failing. But because you have enough time and you have the right people around you, you pull it together. And... So he goes, so you've got that in your back of your mind, which is, yeah, it's always like this. It's always chaotic. But this was more than chaotic. It was genuinely falling apart. And you listen to all of the staff talking about it. They're interviewing everybody who was involved from the the woman who had her own catering company, like a little sandwich lady, that a carpenter he found called JR, who was the mm. nicest fella going, right, who corralled all of the other contractors on the island. So basically they employed every laborer and every human being on the island to make this party. And it was costed out at $36 million. And they put that quote together in under a day, the company who said they could do all of this. I've put together quotes, right? I've worked in sales. 
You can't do anything in a day. That just can't be done. It takes and you a then, day to come up with a spreadsheet name. I, so they fired someone. They bring Andy King in. And then Andy King saying, Billy, can we get out of this? And then it's just the way he talks. And Billy goes, we're in We're in for this for $25 million. And his response is, jeepers, Billy. Because <laughs> <laughs> he is the, he's the cool guy, right, Andy King? He's the cool old – he's the dad of all of these children, yeah. basically. Yeah, yeah. He's were... the one who comes and actually gets the shit done. And there's some stuff coming up yeah. about him in the future. Well, wow. Like – so then firecare.com gets set up. It's a website to destroy and, uh, and basically they tell this in the documentary they say they're extorting Billy. No, they're bullying him to tell the truth about what he's doing. Is what yeah. So it's like leaks and they're having paranoia. Who's leaking these pictures? 17 days left to sort it out. So they then set up the wristbands, which is going to be your wallet. It's going to be a cashless thing. So you need to add money to your wallet so you can spend money out there. And they, the people go in there, start showing you the emails they get in. Most people have put £3,000. But if you want to have a good time, it's going to cost a lot, lot more. And then they're saying in the next talking head going, but there's no Wi-Fi on the islands. So how is it going to be a contactless payment? The tents they're putting up, they were left over from a hurricane to help people out who lost their homes. Yeah, there hurricanes. were hurricanes. Tense, not glamorous glamping tense with all the amenities yeah. promised. Um, the Friday afternoon office talk around the fire HQ was, have you been paid? Yeah. And one person went, yeah, I have, but it was in cash. Yeah, I got a bag of cash. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then... Now, in, now, in Billy's defence, right, and this is hard to do since he's not just the villain of the piece, he's he is a... Well, he's a bad villain, like quite bad because of what he's doing. In his defense, Billy is an ideas man. He can just see the overall picture. What he needs is logistical people who can deliver on Billy's dream. And that's sadly what he hasn't got. If if he would have had those people, so if he would have had more Andy Kings, he probably would have got away with this. But I, he didn't. I would say just more time. Not even the people, because the people seem shit hot. I mean, and they come close to pulling it off at some to some extent. But the um yeah, just not enough time to sort it, mm. given they were lying about what island they have. It was all just smoke and mirrors. And it could have been done well. Yeah. I mean and it looked awesome, right? Especially if you're a if you're a good looking person, that would be a great place to go. And don't forget, it wasn't aimed at Rich people. It was just aimed at anyone who bought a fucking ticket. So some of these kids who had bought tickets, they're not rich. Oh, they all seemed pretty well to do that, that got into Oh, shush. What nonsense. Eight, like, God, eight, they didn't. Eight, that ginger on a kid. Festival. Oh, God, yeah. Trust fund, baby. Without a shadow of no. a doubt. No. the chips man. off your shoulder. What are not, you on about? It's just a guy from New York. Yeah, yeah, the centre of fucking New York, yeah. <laughs> it's just one of the five families who owns everything. Shut <laughs> up, man, will you? <laughs> he just lives in the most expensive city in the world and goes to the fanciest festivals possible. What you're on about? Like, I'm not saying I've got anything against him or his looks. I'm saying they definitely had too much fucking money for how much they had to spend. Because... They've got 10 days left before the, the festival starts, and then they say 350 people don't have a place to stay yet. Yeah. And that is just like the panic coming on. And uh, Weinstein is saying, we need to cancel some of these people who are coming. And no, no one gets canceled. Everyone's coming. We'll work it out when they get here. No, you fucking idiots. Just they fired the food service with 10 days to go. 
And who do they bring in to, to help solve that? Andy King. Andy King. Andy King gets it He's sorted, He's the guy. Man. And, and he then, does get it sorted. And then they have um, all the comments online because no one's hearing about like logistics of where yeah. to do, what to do. So they just start deleting comments off Facebook and Twitter. <laughs> How's that for a social media strategy? Someone's slagging you down. Delete, delete, delete. How much power did they have? Do you know what it reminded me of, right? It's like a lot of your Twitter things feed. always come back to. It's <laughs> the the untouched Twitter feed. It reminds me of West Ham United. You know the football team that I follow. You don't. You don't need a spoon food with it. I know who West Ham United <laughs> is. I didn't know West Ham was a place. I just thought it was a football team name. No, no, it's a place. Yeah, my nan lived there. Um, so basically, we were sold a dream with this new new stadium, and we were delivered a nightmare. That's the analogy for this entire party. It's West Ham United. It's all shit. But some of these people didn't deserve that shit, like me. i got to be honest. Billy Billy Mitchell would not pay you to draw that analogy, is what I was saying <laughs> about that. Damn you, Billy. And here we've got another villain who's still who's got the same name as Billy Mitchell, but Billy McFarland. So uh, a few days out, Mark Weinstein emails them, both that company directors, yeah, and says, um, "Listen, I know you don't want the PR blowback. Yeah, I know you don't want the bad press, but picture this: you have eight thousand people arriving tomorrow to be herded onto a yellow school bus, <laughs> driven somewhere with no amenities, and to make it worse, they have no way to get back. And they just they email back." but at least they'll see your smiling face and yoga skills and then just brush it off and kept going with. No, but what he says at that, he says, well, what else could I do? They owed me 70% of my fee. Yeah, his, well, his, well, Mr. Weinstein, you could have showed some fucking integrity and gone, actually, I'm out. That's what you could have done. See, this is that's a question I, re- I wrote down because um, at what point would you have jumped off this? Yeah, I probably would have jumped. Um, actually, I, I I would have never have jumped. Yeah, I, I would have been a believer. I see you going down off the ship, you, if you're fucking violent. <laughs> yeah, Billy's, yeah, absolutely. Billy's but I would have back. made it happen. <laughs> and I'm, I'm not, listen, I'm blowing my own trumpet a little bit here, but I would have got friend of the show Kate involved and we would have got that, we would have got that job done. <laughs> no, seriously, we would have. We Have you ever seen the film... What's the film with Bruce Willis where the asteroids come into Earth? Not Deep Impact, the other Armageddon. One. Armageddon, thank you. So they said, I think Bruce Willis's character is called Harry Task. And Liv Tyler, they said, look, can your dad do it? And she went, my daddy don't know how to fail. Yeah, that's what me and Kate were like as a team. We would have got this done, I'm telling you. <laughs> I genuinely, this is how big my ego is on my... <laughs> I haven't got an ego about me being a comic, but as an office worker, damn, I was good. We would have got that job done. I'm telling you, fire would have happened. We oh, would be on fire five right I, now. I, as an office worker, I mean, you're listening to our humble podcast. I get daily texts about the analytics of who's watching this <laughs> and, and, and how are we going to be the next Kardashians by talking about documentaries? I've I've already hit hit up uh, oh, I've already hit up Kendall Jenner to start tweeting about our podcast. <laughs> we yeah. don't have a budget, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to tell her Billy's going to sort her out. Don't worry. Okay, then this comes up to something. So they don't have any water on the island. So what they do is they get eight trucks filled with Avion water. Yeah. 
they missed the customs meeting and it's been held at customs. They can't have water. So Billy calls Andy King and says, would you be willing to take one for the team? And he says, well, Billy, I've been taking one for the team every, every day. What are you asking me to do? And he says, if you go down and they say that I can't remember the, the head <laughs> of customs, customs name. And if you're willing to suck this guy's dick, we can get the water. Will you do that for us? And the guy, Andy King is very honest. He's like, I went home, I, I took a shower, I about it, and I, I took some mouthwash, and I went, probably expecting to take one for, for the team, for Billy, you know, because I believed that, that, that they needed this. Because <laughs> it's 175 there. grand is what they need to pay to customs to have the water released. That's how much water there is. The import duty is $175,000. And the guy... And, he, and one blowjob is going to wipe that off the but, map but he gets I mean, there and the guy a, says that's a hell of a blowjob he says the guy couldn't be nicer <laughs> the guy could not have been nicer and he says <laughs> and none of that happened apparently um and said that listen just pay me first when yeah. this festival goes ahead i want paid yeah but it's funny because you can tell there's some um and ah on whether or not that happened because you know the bald guy with the scarf who's talking before him yeah. They ask him, how did he get the water? He goes, I know how he got the water. I ain't going to talk about that, though. <laughs> and he's very coy. And then you hear yeah. the story about it. So I I think that what Andy King is saying is true. He didn't do it. But I also think everyone in the office just thinks he did. <laughs> yeah. Because he got that water released, right? Yeah, they got the water. And then a few days before the festival. So this is three days out. The rain came. No, that was the night before. Oh, that was the night before. So the night before the festival, the heavens opened of monsoon level and destroyed all the tents and soaked yeah. all of the mattresses. And any, everything. Everything got soaked, covered in sand. Yep. And then, then the guests start turning up. <laughs> and you can't help, right, the schadenfreudness of it, of these people who, again, you just assume they're all wealthy, right? So your working class chip on your shoulder is activating like a good one. And you just think, hey, fuck you guys. Because the influencers are like, I can't believe this is worse than flying in an you know economy. You're like, more, oh, fuck off, woman. Have you more, ever been on the tube at, biz, at rush hour? All right, Mr. Moon Party Island. Chill the fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> so the, what I enjoyed the best out of that is them doing their influencer videos on the way to the airport and at the airport. You know, they're doing their stupid snappy oh, hand things, the God. backwards hat. We're coming for you, Fire Island, and doing their own little poses. And then you know what they're walking into, so that's fucking brilliant. <laughs> and then they, they get on the plane. They think it's a private plane. It isn't. <laughs> Everybody's freaking out. And then Blink-182 pull out. Yeah, Blink-182 pulled out. That wasn't a deterrent for people. They so what they do is they get to the island and they reroute everyone for six hours to the same restaurant and just pour tequila down all their throats. <laughs> and the the poor woman whose restaurant it was is giving all of her stock away for free, right? She's because no one's no one's paying for anything. I'm not sure. I don't remember if that was free or well, because I I kind of took it that the whole thing was free. Uh, maybe. Maybe because yeah. it's, it's all these things are snapping past. So pro by the way, she talks at the end. I imagine it was for free then. Yeah, because um, yeah. And then so they reroute people for a restaurant for six hours, 
and um, then you have a couple of people discovering what the tents are like, and there's all a yeah. lot of discontent building, and they're having panic meetings. But apparently, every five ten minutes, Billy would just walk out and fly away on a quad bike to get away from it, yeah, <laughs> screaming to, cool to the distance, and, yeah, and then go back. Can you imagine the stress on his shoulders? I tell you, the funniest for me, right? And this goes to show a Bahamas mentality. You got to love the Bahamas mentality. So the bus drivers weren't working for fire. They were just hired as bus drivers. Yeah. And the guy, Andy Crawford, who, you know, whether or not he's the million dollar baby or a working class hero out there on his only ever holiday. The ginger uh, kid. The ginger kid who's got the, the Heath Ledger Joker style hair. Um, he <laughs> very good. Yeah, yeah. Very, very good. All that, all working class fun. people slick back their hair after a yeah. certain age. Yeah. Um, he's telling talking about the bus driver because people are going through these tents in these cities, thinking, "Oh, this must be something they're building on the other side of the island." Our things for, for other people because I've been the last family on the bus on holiday when you're getting dropped off, and you have that. Your heart sinks when you realize you guys are the only ones going to this place. <laughs> it's a min feeling when someone gets off at a shit one and that's not yours. You're like, yes, get it. But I've been that in the bus. They're talking to the bus driver and they're going, oh, my God, is this it? And the bus driver doesn't sugarcoat it at all. He's going, oh, you guys have no idea. You should see what you're going into. It is. You're going to lose your minds when you see this. It is fucking beautiful. The idea this guy just laughing while driving all these fucking periscope and instagram live and people in this and their best like and the american millennials they are the best complainers on the planet because while they're complaining and they're really pissed off right and they're quite upset but not enough to switch off their camera phones so mm. they're complaining you know into their camera phones videoing everything i'm guessing that was for the lawsuits later on just, and then just... feral rules started because then night went down. Wait there. So they first off, they started out and they say, um, "Yeah, you need a queue to talk to headquarters and we'll sort out accommodation." So they're in, so they're in the queue, and Billy just makes them blast the music to like make them seem like it's fun. So they've got like rave style tempo of music when they're trying to like find out where they're fucking sleeping for the night. And then Billy just loses his mind and says, listen, everyone now, go find a tent. So that if it comes, yeah, feral rules as the lights are going down. <laughs> Every man for themselves to find a tent or you're fucked on this island for that. It's like a horror movie. It's brilliant. It is. It becomes Lord of the Flies, right? It, yeah. it goes fucking batshit. Looting mentality. The people start hoarding toilet papers. People start collecting mattresses. There's those no, are the people who survive lockdown. There's no those, lights. Those hoarders. There's no light, so they can't see shit in the night. So it's just terrifying. No way to charge your phone. No, nothing. Yeah, yeah. And every tent was full, and that was only one-third of the amount of guests due. Yeah. And then the guy who was responsible for booking the acts, he basically, he cancelled all the acts, right? Because he knew he wouldn't be able to pay them, and he kind of, and he told Billy he's cancelled all the acts, and Billy starts crying. He breaks down because that's the point where he realizes he's not going to make it. And the tweets that are going out, right? They show you some of the tweets. Because social media loved it. They absolutely loved oh, the fact yeah. that he's... Because everyone wants to go to the exclusive, say, I'm the best. I went to this party yeah. and they got duped. And that is... Yeah, it's it wasn't a bad thing, right? Because 
it, it was just everybody thought every, these were all rich kids. I don't think they were all rich kids. But one one of the uh, tweets said, every time a rich kid gets scammed, an angel gets its wings. <laughs> <laughs> Which I, I love the ingenuity of the internet when shit goes wrong. It's like, oh, fuck it. We're all well, over well, that. This is when it starts to get dark. So what they did is they did, they just locked people in the airport. So people that were coming yeah. in weren't allowed to leave the airport. There was no flights going back. So they didn't have food or water. And they're locked yeah. in overnight in these airports. Um, and and then, then Billy's nowhere to be seen. No one knows where the hell Billy is. So everyone just went for their, like all the work, people who worked there went for their save your own life mentality. Yeah, and Andy King, by God, he'll do anything to get by. I love Andy King. He swaps clothes with one of the stewards and then hides because he knows if he doesn't do that, he's going to have to be sucking a lot of dick to get out of there alive. <laughs> right? I don't know what Andy King did to get out of that festival, but I tell you what, I fucking respect him for it. But he got out, and even the contractor, right? So the the guy who was from the Bahamas and who bought in all the other tradespeople he was like look people were coming around my house i had to leave because you know i wasn't going to survive these people were owed a lot of money these were my friends i'd worked alongside them so everybody legged it and they worked overtime for months like yeah. all, all the laboring costs all the costs of everything uh, the lady whose place they used she had to burn 50 grand of her own money yeah so jr is petrified right he's got to pay all of these people and he, so he runs away. Andy King, he's already run away. And then Andy King says, did I abandon everybody? Um, yeah, you did, actually, Andy. That's what running away is. That's abandoning people. And you can't I'm blame him. Andy King take any. No one did more for that company than Andy King. Oh, yeah. Right? <laughs> he saw what was happening. He didn't just take one for the team. He was prepared to give one for the team. Listen, he's only got one mouth, all right? <laughs> there were a lot of people who were owed a lot of money. Do you know that bit in... Have you seen Casino Royale? Vaguely. Right, there's a bit in it where uh, the bad... The warmonger guy from Africa finds uh, the evil poker player. Shifra is his, is his name, I think. And they grab his girlfriend's arm and he goes to machete her arm off. I, I, I'm thinking Andy King is replaying that in his head that these these angry contractors are just like, no, hang on, what, you haven't got our money? That's going to cost you an arm and a leg, my friend. Machete them off. <laughs> right. I'd be more worried of a Hotel Rwanda situation if I was Andy King, just... A tanai goes out of going, the wet tents are too comfy. <laughs> <laughs> and then that's the code for everyone just to start slashing. Mr. Moon is in the building. We all know what the code means. <laughs> I haven't seen Hotel Rwanda. There's a... Just stick stick no, to the four that. joint films we've seen, Rick. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I got overexcited when you said, have you seen a movie? And I thought, oh my God. I shouldn't have mentioned James Bond. I mean, it's a terrible reference linking to what you were saying, but it was just appreciate to check out some culture there, Matt. <laughs> Did you ever see the scene where he stubs his toe? That's how <laughs> Billy felt when he saw the festival wasn't going to work. The, the only thing I wanted to see in this documentary, I wanted to see Billy spoken to. That's all I wanted. The whole way through it, I'm like, what, now you're going to get to speak to Billy? 
Now you're going to get to speak to Billy? What about now? What about now? And you're not, right? And up to the, even at this point, I'm like, my God. And it's something you said to me ages ago because I thought, oh my God, Billy hasn't put his point across. You know yeah. what this means? Yeah. Going on the way that Rick watches a documentary. So now I'm becoming used to the layout of these miserable documentaries. Oh my God. He's brown bread, this geezer. Yeah, I never thought he would have died. I, I just assumed Jill at, at this but no, point. But you hadn't seen and it. And again, since he is all fit, like, since he is li- like surrounded in mystery, all lies, I don't think he'll be given any sort of statement that he could be penned in with. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. He is just like this trust fund wizard who can convince rich people that he has the next great mm. thing. He's not going to be going be asked questions where they can prove that he defrauded people. But in, but in, in his parents' defence, I don't think he is a trust fund kid, right? They're they're estate agents. Effectively, he that they've poisoned him because they've created a son who is a superb manipulator of people and a superb salesperson. Because what would you become if both your parents were estate agents? <laughs> Billy is what you'd become. To be honest, uh, Fire Festival is. Is what an is yeah a fire festival is what an estate agent would refer to as a music festival. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll get all of that. Don't worry about the detail. No, worry about the detail. Uh, so now they're back, and it's all the blow off of fire. Fire festival is a complete failure. The people were stuck in the airports. There's civil suits being thrown. Yeah. But then it comes to the debrief on the Zoom call. Superb. Now is this, this the one with Jar Rule? This is exactly what I wanted to talk right. about, yeah, because if you're, you're, you've been building an app for a year, all right, and you're just, you know, you're in your square world, you're working hard, it's, they're doing this festival to launch it, I hope it goes all right, oh shit, it became Lord of the Flies, and then you're on a Zoom call with Jar Rule <laughs> yelling at you, and Jar Rule's not like businessman, businessman, Jar Rule is fucking gangster rapper, you're going, Yo, this isn't what I'd call bad PR. <laughs> it's like, motherfucker, look what Samsung did, son. Yeah. <laughs> now, don't forget, Ja Rule, he's been in prison, this guy, right? He's served time. Hey, Ja Rule's a badass. You seen the shape he's in? He's built yeah. like a brick shit house and just that voice. He's got that near dog gravelly yeah, yeah. voice. His life, every time I've seen him on screen, it looks like a music video. Do you know what I mean? Every time he's with Billy, he's just like, we're going to go feed them fucking pigs. You know, yeah. <laughs> don't tell me what to do. And he's talking to these data analysts and like, yo, you look at what Samsung did. <laughs> it's fucking brilliant. And he I had a it. point. I, I like, that's a great analogy. That is a really good look. Let's yeah. hold that up as an example. Samsungs were blowing up in people's faces and they survived. We put on a bad music festival. We can survive this. He is a glass is half full kind of a guy. You can't knock that because he's entrepreneurial. And don't forget, he needs to—he needs something that's going to keep. He cannot be a rapper for forever. Hey, I've got—I've got no beef with no, ja me neither. Rule, just, just in case he's just, listening to this. Just, yeah. just if you're listening, Mister Rule, we have no beef with you. Just want to—we just want to clarify. Cool and I just... and we appreciate the work you've done on your body. Well done, sir. <laughs> I, I, because like him talking to staff is like Sam Jackson in the beginning of Pulp Fiction taking someone's <laughs> burger. Do you know what I mean? Oh, I'm sorry. Did I break your concentration? <laughs> <laughs> like I'm trying to do the coding. <laughs> That's one of the four films. 
Um, what, what I liked in that debriefing meeting... You got a Samsung? <laughs> a fantastic phone. What I really liked in that debriefing meeting, there was one... I don't know if you heard this. There was one little mention, and someone said, we've got to rebrand the festival. Even my orthodontist has heard about this. Oh, shit, really? Because you know what those orthodontists are like when they hear about stuff... All they do is yap, yap, yap. They'll be speaking in everyone's ear. <laughs> you cannot upset the orthodontist community. What, what did uh, that mean? Orthodontist, man. I, I think it's because what they're referring to is since uh, Fire Festival is meant to be for the elite influencers, mm. aspirational of my life's going to be a, I can walk around with my shirt open and drink tequila and be paid for it type people. And since being an orthodontist is so far removed from that world, and even they've heard of how bad Fire Festival was, means it's poisoned to them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's it trashed. The I bra- think that's, that's what, what they, they were trying meant. to get to. Yeah, all right, fair, fair point. There was a there was another great quote in that debrief meeting where, where you know you're hoping you don't get a cap put in your ass, uh, but the great quote was, "No one died, but we did flat out lie to the public." Well, there is that. Yeah. <laughs> I think Ja Rule did that Zoom call naked, just windmilling the whole time. <laughs> just, windmilling! Just windmilling. <laughs> Yo, you got to listen to what I got to say. <laughs> well, here's what I really liked. Some of the disgruntled millennials got their lawyers involved and they filed a, a lawsuit for a hundred million and they went after the influencers. Yeah, yeah, they went after the influencers. That was an interesting one. You've got some skin in the game here, influencers. If you're going to promote a product, then you're putting your brand towards your personal brand towards that product because you're giving it legitimacy. And when that doesn't work, mm. you are partly responsible here. You know, the same way that James it- L. Jones was advertising how great the killer whales were looked after in Blackfish. You know, that guy has a responsibility to to check out who he's working for. I've worked in investment banking for years, right? And someone once said to me, do you feel bad about what the investment banks are doing? Um, no, I didn't, actually. I'd, I'd, come to, I'd come to peace with that because they allowed me to be, you know, they allowed me a certain sort of lifestyle. And I, I, I balanced that out. It was all right. But I knew what I was getting into. I do feel a bit dirtied by it, but I was okay with it, and I what, and I'm responsible what for it. What is the stigma with? What would be the stigma? This guy saying about the investment banks. I got vague conspiracy theories on it, but is it kind of just? Well, they they bought about a global worldwide recession. All oh, right. Effectively, due to their ego and gambling nature. If a gambling, if a investment bank was a human being. They would not be a nice human being. They would be a sociopath, probably a psychopath. Uh, they would be a a gambler. They, they would just wouldn't be nice. And they would be destroying everyone who comes close to them in order to make a buck. Yeah, I was all right with that. I was younger back then. Yeah, I worked in AT. It was fine. Right. So back then I was like, yeah, I'm all right with that. Am I all right with it now? Well, I did it. So I, I kind of guess I've got to be because I went into it with my eyes wide open these influencers, they are partly responsible. They they have to do the same. They need to own what they've done and and, and don't be ashamed of that. 
it was it was an interesting theory to it because also I think suing the influencers you're not going to get anything out of them. I don't think that was ever going to go the distance. But what it does is it gives it notoriety because no one gives a shit about Fire Festival. No. One, of the, one of the greatest powers Billy McFarlane has is like yeah he's got his Twitter followers, but the mainstream world doesn't wouldn't mm. know. But everyone knows who Kim Kardashian is. Yeah, yeah. And the idea there's a whole bunch of stuff like um, uh, advertising in general. Sponsored content articles. Um, so you you get an article, you think it's news, it's not, it's an advert. Yes, it's the person speaking to you exactly. in a bar. Remember when we were talking about that? And you find out... Oh, my God, uh, yeah. Yeah, you're being advertised to. Shit, am I? No, they were just my... Fr- that was just Duff Man being friendly to me, wasn't it? <laughs> no, no, he's advertising to you. Ah, oh, man. So, yeah, they went after the influencers... I think maybe that was the first time that influencers were held accountable for what they were influencing. Mm. But mind you, I still think that was for a few tweets. I don't think that was going to go anywhere because the the real thing was against the fire Festival organisers. Because even the people that shot the promo video a year ago, it's hard for them to say, well, why wouldn't we think that these guys could put on yeah. the festival? Because they did put on the... Well, they said... He had a fair point, that guy. He said, look, I was the director of the promotional video and they threw money and energy at that and we pulled off a great promotional video. How am Mm. I responsible for how it turned out? I'm not. And in his defense, I'd have to agree with him. And he also said there were two fire festivals. The second one failed. The first one was actually the promo shoot. That was the first fire festival. Yeah, and that, that probably would have been enough. Do you know what? If you just put the yellow tiles and then made that what the app was, I think it would have yeah. worked. But they just had the ego of this music yeah. festival. And they wanted to reach out to the... They wanted the millennials, didn't they? Because that's seen as the big buck, which is weird because the millennials are outnumbered I, by my generation. And my generation yeah, had money it's, because we weren't... I've told you... Know, you we weren't hip by the, the housing costs that the millennials are hit by. We weren't hit by the recessions that the millennials have been hit by. Effectively, we were the last lucky generation. And even we're angry. And obviously, and I'm not your generation. I'm, you know, what, 15 years ahead of you. So there is a there is a huge difference. And the opportunities that were offered to me have not been offered to you. And there is an unfairness partly about that. But on the other hand, you know, you get porn whenever you want it. So, you know. Balances out. I feel like I'm. I feel like I'm being the baby boomer. I'm accepting an apology on behalf of the baby boomers, <laughs> on behalf of millennials. I don't think. I don't think I'm qualified really to 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 get to, to, to say anything back on that. Man. I think I'm Generation X. I think that's what my generation is. <laughs> you really have to see my compare sometimes. <laughs> <You> like <this. laughs> occasionally, I get these lucid, intelligent moments. Uh, that may not be one of Everything's them. Everything's linked, and I'm responsible for the actions of my company. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, I, I think a great way to judge people is on how they treat their own. That, that is always a barometer. And what they do with the staff at this shocking. place is a bit fucking shocking. Absolutely yeah. shocking. So they say, we're not firing <laughs> you, but there's going to be no... Yeah. There's going to be no payroll. Yeah. So you're right. not fired. Just... It'll be like making a podcast, right? You, you'll carry on doing the work if you want to, but there'll be no money. Get your head around that, staff. Oh, what, you've got mortgages to pay. Oh, okay, staff. Good luck. 
And she and she said yeah, on you're the living in New York. Yeah, and she said on the call, hang on, so you're not gonna make us redundant. So but you're not gonna pay us. And he went, Yeah. Oh, it, and I've heard that correctly. And Billy's like, Yes, you've heard that correctly. And it basically it means they can't claim they can't claim unemployment benefit or anything. And one of the no, I think it was they want them to start claiming unemployment while still working for them for free. Oh, is that how you read oh okay. As I understood yeah, it. Okay, all right, that kind of makes sense. Yep. Because the next thing he says on it is, okay, has the FBI reached out to anyone <laughs> else other than the three that I know? Those are the three little letters you and, do not want delivered. It's FBI or STD. Is, you know, just keep away and, from all of those. I'll take the clap. I don't want to be deposed at any point in my life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, so... um this is an interesting part of the documentary. So the interesting, the fun bit to watch is the mental Lord of the Flies-esque breakdown of, you know, looting, rioting, and all these entitled kids getting massive disappointment and locked in an airport. That's the interesting footage. But the actual, the problem is, is the next stuff that goes through, it's difficult to put it across on screen without the footage. Yeah. So it almost tapers off, but it's way more interesting, the stuff that they tell you from this point yes. on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so the FBI tracked down, I think it was, was it Mark Weinstein? I don't want to get the wrong Weinstein. He, he was, yeah, it was Mark Weinstein, so, yeah, the yoga teacher stroke festival organizer. Yeah, so they go to him, and I believe, and I believe Billy told them to lie and say that he doesn't want to talk to yeah. them and that he has legal representation when he doesn't and pretend to be his legal representation. So Billy gets another kind of witness intimidation, obstructing the course yes. of justice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I think, and then they start going through the numbers. So Magnesia made about sixty thousand dollars, <laughs> to which he put on an extra nine more zeros. He just moved to in the next. He just investor. moved the decimal point. That's all he. That's all he yeah. did. Yeah, if you can say seventy-five million as if it's no big deal, people just believe that you did that. Apparently, if you have the right fucking cap yeah. on, like it's it's basically it's like taking our sort of twenty-five regular listeners on this podcast <laughs> and moving the decimal point. So yeah, so we've got twenty-five million listeners on this podcast. It's great. Do you want to buy it, somebody? I think it's uh, one person listening to it twenty-five million <laughs> times. <laughs> It's me testing the downloads. That's why we've got so yeah. many downloading episodes. It's you just going back and forward. Like, uh, you ever seen The Sixth Sense? Yes. What a terrible like, film. Like, the way Bruce Willis... The way Bruce Willis is going through the cassettes to see if like, when he hears the ghost for the first time, that's you trying to see if the peas are <laughs> popping on the four-year plan. I'll try it on another podcast app. Let's, let's, wow. let's see if it works. In this last four hours, four people have downloaded this episode. <laughs> I think you're getting into the mind of me a bit too much because uh, that's a little bit what I'm like. I do get a little bit, yeah, obsessive, I believe, is the is the word. Oh, oh, I've noticed, Matt. I've noticed. <laughs> what what I've noticed about this stage of the documentary as well is then suddenly everybody is hanging Billy out to dry. As well they should. Billy racked up a hundred a hundred thousand on three different workers' personal yeah. credit cards. Yeah, yeah. Um the workers were never paid paid um Billy bailed this got Billy got bail, which was for millions yeah, I yeah. Think, to bail him out. 
uh, for the trial, and they said he was living at his parents, and then we see him in a in a New York VIP penthouse apartment, and he starts marketing stuff to the fire email list. So all of the people who bought fire tickets, Frank Tribble, he, yeah, he he basically owns that email list, which is email list is currency, right? So he could legitimately email you know a hundred, two hundred thousand people and try and sell them stuff, which he then gets someone else to front a new company and they start hawking products that don't exist. Oh, you want t- front row tickets to the NBA uh, National Basketball game? Yeah, we'll get you. The basketball playoff game? Yeah, we'll get you those tickets. What, you want to go to the Emmys? We'll get you tickets for that. It was dinner with LeBron James caught my eye. Like, yeah. And again, it's not... It's. Did you ever? You're not big on the office, no. are you American or never seen English. the. So I love the English, American office. You get past the first three episodes. It's one of the best sitcoms of all time. Okay, I'll give that. Um, I'll give that a go then, because then we can have something else to reference. Oh, that'd be wonderful. Okay, <laughs> I'll add that to my list. <laughs> so, um, the reason American Office, I heard, never did well. Um, stats-wise, like in the viewership. Right, okay. It had really low numbers, but the the cross-section or demographic of people who did watch were white-collar professionals earning between 80 and 100K a right, year. Right, okay. So advertisers stuck with it because it wasn't getting a lot of people. It was getting the right amount right, of people okay. for them to advertise yeah, their stuff. So if you think of the mailing list that Billy has of people that are willing to pay a £1,000 so their credit card is steel and makes a clank when you chuck yeah. it on the waiter's tray and the type of people who need to be seen here, there, get shoes first, this impatient burn money before you have it generation yeah. is what he considers gold dust for for scams. And these this next one is a complete and utter just... It's it's unabashed of a scam is what he's got. Like so, this guy Frank Tribble is now the face of Billy's company because Billy's not allowed to run a yeah. company. So he's just got this mate in a fire festival hoodie, and they're just emailing and calling people, going, "Yeah, do you want to go shoot hoops with LeBron James? That'll be like, just just wire me two thousand pounds. We'll make that happen." Yeah, and they're just scamming the whole. They time. scammed a hundred thousand dollars from people. Right, that proving there is a sucker born every minute. Now, the reason I bought yeah. those LeBron James playing basketball hoops with him <laughs> was because I thought I could probably. It would just be funny if I was pictured alongside LeBron James shooting hoops. Turns out I was scammed. Yeah, I wasn't pleased about that, Rick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bless you, man. I can completely see you go. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> if they find the thing that you want. Now, bear in mind, when you sign up to a company, right, they ask you to tick a few boxes about your personality. Google does the rest. Okay, they've got you. Find the thing you want. Market, well, market it you know to what, you. Job that, done. That's how d- dating apps made all their money in the early days. Really? No, I've never... Because you, you sign into a date... I'm lucky. I, I, my, myself, neither, but my brothers and Mark, and he was explained to us that a dating app, basically, you sign up for free, and then you say, I like the cinemas, I like going for walks, yeah, I like yeah. fucking this, that. And then they sell that to advertising companies going, this person wants oh, what you're okay. selling. Yeah, that makes complete so sense. So they get that info. Yeah, yeah. Which is why every article, every article you click on now, you've got to give, yeah. you know, 
hit accept on cookies and you know what I don't believe I did if the Saudis are coming back right I, I, they'll be on Sky Sports I'm, I'm not giving away any of my fucking personal information for what might have happened according to this guy and he's trying to sell me a Toyota are you still talking about the Newcastle takeover there have I understood that reference right you have understood that reference abundantly clear yes I- let it go Rick let it go let it go have you seen who we signed this year no one We've signed no one. We've signed Jeff Hendricks. You're kidding. We've just sold uh, Grady Diogana. Because yeah. we loaned him to Slavin Bilic, and Slavin Bilic went, I'll give you 12 mil. And we went, yeah, all right. This kid's talented, man. I'm, Matt, Matt, I'm sorry. It's not the same. We're about to become the richest club in football. <laughs> give a fuck about your midfielder. Have some goddamn respect over here. We're... <laughs> You're like Leeds going, oh, we're a big club. Yeah, no. You had the potential to be a big club. What you've got is a big stadium. That's what you've got. Yeah, you're not a big club. You were almost a big club. That's the thing. <laughs> hey, hey, it would have been if if the deal went through, which the deal didn't go through because in the owners and we will get back to Billy, but this is fraud as well. Right, so in the owners and directors test, there is the test is can you afford to have a football club? That's the test. All right. Now, guess what? Prince MBS of fucking Saudi Arabia can afford to have a football club. So they just waited out the mental Saudis. And look, I've never seen you more disinterested <laughs> on this video call right now. you got your hands no, up. You know you're not allowed to say no, anything back I'm to I'm over it. the moon. Because th- here's what would have happened, right? If the Saudis would have taken over your football club, here's what would have happened. You would have... I'd be sat here right now wearing a Lionel Messi top. That's what would have fucking that, happened that, right that's now. That's exactly <laughs> what would have happened, right? And effectively, you would have bought every title out there. And you would become as insufferable as Manchester City fans are becoming. No, I don't think I would be. I would just enjoy watching them. I'm not the guy with NUFC tattooed on his fucking stomach, Matt. No, but if the Saudis bought the place, you might have got that tattoo, right? Or or maybe on your calf. I just would have enjoyed it. You know, because you're classy. I just would have enjoyed it. I learned Arabic this year, for fuck's sake. Just, <laughs> I just want to enjoy me football, Matt. Like, it's not about saying your shit. It's about us not being shit. I don't give a shit about, like, who cares about arguing with Liverpool or my new fans about a result that happened five. It just would have been more fun to watch. I'd have, yeah. have a transfer window when the only thing our owner didn't buy wasn't fucking Debenhams. Yeah, like, that's a phrase. I'm with you, mate. Listen, I am with you, and it is it is sad. But as I keep saying to you, Rick, you're back in the shit with me. I'd, listen, misery loves company, Rick, and you're great company. So welcome to the party, pal, that you never left. You, you almost you left. You should have saw me 12 years ago. <laughs> should have saw me 12 years ago. Long hair, coat, groomed beard. I had some Donkey Kong record <laughs> no one was going to beat. Like... You haven't seen me with optimism and has been grinded away like longshore fucking drift from sand on a beach from having Mike Ashley for 12 fucking years. I'm sorry. So Billy goes to jail. Billy, so Billy isn't just arrested. Billy gets re-arrested, right, because of what he's nicking now. He gets sentenced to six years in federal prison and he agreed to a lifetime ban of being a director. What does that mean he agreed? Is he like the John DuPont when he's gone on trial here. I'll agree to you not letting me be a director, Mr. Judge. You don't get to agree to shit like that, do you? Don't they hand down their judgment and you just take whatever they're giving you? 
could he have negotiated yeah. on the six years as well then? Is this how it is for rich people? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's white collar, man. I mean, oh, when we get to the Epstein documentary, Jesus wept. But um, yeah, it's disgusting. Yeah, okay. So um, yeah, he, he yeah he gets six years. And here's what it made me think. So let's go, let's take a step to 40 minutes ago, Rick, when we gave their toast, which was live like movie stars, party like rock stars, fuck like porn stars. He's doing six years in a federal prison. He's fucking like a porn star now. It's just not the sort of movie that you'd think Billy would want to be in. That's how I'm imagining Billy's life. And I Googled him, just so you know, he's still in prison. Is he still in prison, is he? He's still in prison. He asked to be let out under the COVID-19 pandemic because he said he didn't want to get sick. So he's asked for a compassionate release from prison to avoid the virus. And his request was denied. Hmm. Uh, he then got COVID-19. <laughs> oh, no, I had a mate working in Belmarsh. Trust me, if you're in jail, you've got it. <laughs> There's no getting yeah. away from that shit. It's a death sentence if you've got a fucking medical condition. Here's what happened to, to Mr. Mr. Rule, Jar Rule. He created another company with mm, David. Basically, it was a rebranded version of Fire. They they took that app Which idea. Which I think is an excellent app yeah. idea. Like it holds water. He said in the beginning, mm, David said this idea holds water for the app. And it does. It's a great idea. Like literally due to um the way the world's moving, middlemen are being cut out. Yeah. Like a lot like in comedy a lot of acts are leaving their agents and realizing, oh, I could just tweet that I'm going to be here. Yeah. I'll sell my own tickets. And they'll come and see the yeah. shit. Yeah, yeah, they 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 they're not really. They, they will help. They'll build a young act up, and they'll 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 make things easier. But when once you start making big arena money, fifteen percent's not to be sniffed at yeah, anymore. Yeah. When they're not, you've already done all the yeah. work. So um, yeah. So well done, Mister Rule. He's he's doing incredibly well. Billy's still in jail. The people who filed the class action lawsuit, they were awarded five <laughs> million in damages. But that's five. They've still not been paid at all. Exactly. That's five million from a pot that contains nothing. So that's that's irrelevant. There's a thing I've seen, which will come up in a future documentary, um, right, rich families do. That's why you have things like trusts. Yes. Yeah, yeah, because it's family. tax protected, right? Tax protected, yeah. divorce protected. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's literally you're given a wage out of that. So the ge- the game's rigged. Of course you know what I mean? Yeah. You can't... Yeah, it's not rigged for me or you. Well, yeah. Oh, God, no. no. Um, what we need is one of those steel credit cards <laughs> and, and pictures of us at Fire Festival. <laughs> then we'll be with the elite. Actually, Rick, what we need is uh, a lot of money. That, that's what we need. Yeah. Well, but that would you know what I'd love to do right now? Rate, Rick. A lot of money. Oh, mate. I would I'd be pretty chuffed to be fair. Um, just buy buy one of those fucking coffees. It's good for our self esteem. Yeah, um, buy us a coffee. If 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 I just if I just turn my chair now, so I'm sat in my big chair now, I do a video call with Matt during this. If I just turn right now and goes and to play us out, it's blink, it's blink one eight two. I would if I fell into a shit ton of money, I would do shit like that. Just to, just to, when people didn't know I had cash, I'd be like, "All oh, right, just brilliant. to say good night." Here is here is Nickelback with Rockstar. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
And then the documentary ends, but the final scene is basically the contractor, JR, he gets a call from Billy and he's like, no, I'm being interviewed right now. Do you want me to say anything, Billy? And JR, bless him, he's a people pleaser, isn't he? He's not having a go at Billy. Even though he upset all his friends and he owes him money. And JR was like, okay, Billy, see you later, mate. Action. You don't take that tongue off the roulette table that quickly, yeah. man. Come on. If he's calling you from jail, you know this guy. He's going, hey, man, he said he's going to sort me out. And what, what's he going to do? Just what's, what's it worth? Call him a dick or just waiting to see that you might yeah, come You might come get your him. money. Yeah, yeah, you never know. Yeah. So all in all, uh, it was a great documentary. I really... I thought it was good. I really thought Yeah, it was I really good. enjoyed it. It was... Uh, it, it had the great villain. It had some people who... Did get hurt, but you were all right with it, weren't you? Because they didn't go hungry. The upsetting part of the people who got hurt were the people in the Bahamas. So that woman who lost her $50,000 savings. Oh, that was hard. When she went, it it vexes me. It, It just makes me so upset. You feel that. You feel for her. And that is heartbreaking. The white kids who lost all their money, you don't feel you don't feel so bad about that, right? Because again, because that wasn't their life savings. Yeah, it's like the marketing buildup of who they're attracting. You're not really too sad for them. Yes, yeah. it's, it's a funny old thing of it. Like, yeah, it's the Love Island crowd. Do you know what I mean? Very and I don't good. mean the people who sit and watch yes. it. I mean the people who yes. go on it. Yeah, yeah. Like, and they're not even bad people. No. It's just. You, have you seen this? There's a reality show out at the minute. It's called Too Hot to Handle or something. I've no. only ever seen the trailer. I can't get. Basically, um, they get all the Love Island type people onto yeah. an island, and the twist is they're not allowed to have sex. And it's the most yeah, dumbest. I've seen that trailer. People, like, if you think of where reality shows started, right? Where we like go back to Big Brother One, where Nasty Nick became a national yeah. fucking villain for writing down names of who to nominate so you can stay in the game. And he became literally detested that guy. And then the next year, the year after that, someone held hands and it was like a fucking summer love story that these two might get together. And then six years later, he got a woman thudding herself with a wine bottle. (laughs) And then five years on further than that. And then now you've got these people whose parents must be watching. Okay, okay, I'm just going to go, Brittany... You're not allowed to suck any dick. Here's a bottle of wine. Let's see what happens. Did I tell you you couldn't do something? It's okay. We'll just keep the cameras rolling. Yeah. It's it's ridiculous. It's absolutely great crackers. TV, right? This is what, and it's cheap TV. Yeah, do you know there was um, Peter Kier's autobiography? He had his big boom because he was popular the year before reality TV. So when you had the showcase spots ah. like the live at the Apollos of their time, the Junglers Live, the BBC One, the Royal Albert Hall stuff they used to put on, that year that he got into that, he got to do them all before they shut up shop and went reality TV's cheaper. So he got his best 10, 15 out there and boom. Oh, superb. And he was a great comic, right? He was a superb comedian. Um, right, so let's wrap this up, Rick. So Fire Documentary... Let, let's give it some scores on the doors, as a game show host would say, Mr. Wharton. I, I, I'm going to say I'm going to give it a four. I thought it was good. Bloody hell, that is high praise from you indeed. 
Yeah, I wrote down 3.5, but I don't have a whole heap that I that was dead air in that documentary for me. It kind yeah. of kept everything along as it is. I, I think the follow-up documentary about Billy McFarland, you know, in about five, ten years' time, that's going to be good as well. I'm looking forward to seeing that because he's, he's not going to reform in prison, is he? You know, he's Not in six years, no. No, he doesn't strike me as the sort of guy who would, so... I'm going to give this a score. I'll match you on that one. I'll, I'm going to go four as well. It was it was interesting. I really enjoyed it. And and to be fair, just just to uh, announce a conflict, I have been exchanging emails. He says he can hook me up with Shira for dinner someday. <laughs> so, and you need to borrow twelve thousand pounds to pay for that. Well, well, I think if bo- both checks are going to bounce. We'll just cancel <laughs> each other out, and then we'll be pals at the end of it. Okay, so join us again on Discussing Documentaries. Next on the docket is West of Memphis. That is coming up next week. I'm really looking forward to that. (laughs) Fantastic documentary. Okay, it's clearly a Rick Watson one. I say, if you if you're listening to it on and on, this West of Memphis is one of the ones I'd recommend you watch and then come and enjoy right, the, okay. this, this show right. because it's worth seeing. It's without a doubt worth. Okay, seeing. all right. Um, so I will say goodbye. Goodbye, Rick. Um, goodbye. Ta-da. See you next week. <laughs>